Hello, my friends, Andy and Hedy coming to you live from Yorba Linda, California for the Living Fearless Devotional. Late night, 9.30. Yep. <laughs> How you are could, you? I'm good, thank good. you. You can find all of our content at resurrectministry.com. Please visit us there. Uh, subscribe to our newsletter. Check out all the resources. You could drop us a line. We read all those comments ourselves. And if you are so inclined to partner with us and what God is doing in and through this broadcast, we're so excited. We'd love to partner with you. You could click the donate button and contribute whatever comes to your heart. Yes. It's such a good time with some friends of ours that um, uh, I met through my Saturday men's Bible study yes. that eventually came to our um, home church. Home church that we do church on Saturday nights together. Yeah. And uh, Ron and Lisa yeah. had a great time getting to know them. It was awesome. Very cool. Their uh, their walk is spectacular yes. where God has brought them and brought them through. It was pretty awesome. Absolutely. Love hearing people's testimony. All right. We're reading from um, Charles Spurgeon, Morning by Morning and wrong direction <laughs> for August 27th. Uh, the reference is Numbers 1411. What can you tell me about Numbers? What is what is the reference? To, do you know? <laughs> Love it. I love that. It's one of the few books I'm I didn't spend a lot of time in. Yeah, it's an interesting name for a, a book. Maybe somebody who's watching, that'll be a good reason for you to comment. Yes. Let us know what you know about this book called the numbers, why it's called numbers. Um, the the reference is 1411, which says, How long will they refuse to believe in me? Charles says, um, in this devotional, we should diligently strive to keep the monster of unbelief away. Mm. It so dishonors Christ that he will remove his visible presence if we insult him by indulging it. Unbelief is a weed whose seeds we can never entirely extract from the soil. Thus, we must aim at each root with zeal and perseverance. Of things we should hate, it should be the most abhorred. For by its nature, unbelief is so venomous that those who exercise it and those upon whom it is exercised are both hurt by it. In your case, dear believer, it is even more wicked. The mercies the Lord blessed you with in the past increase your guilt in doubting him now. When you distrust the Lord Jesus, he could very well cry out, Behold, I am pressed under you as a cart is pressed that is full of sheaves. This is like crowning his head with thorns of the sharpest kind. It is cruel for a well-loved wife to mistrust a kind and faithful husband. And although that sin is needless, foolish, and unwarranted, Jesus has never given even the slightest grounds for suspicion. In fact, because he is always affectionate and faithful, it should be all the more difficult for us to doubt him. Jesus is the son of the Most High and has unlimited wealth. Thus, it is shameful to doubt omnipotence and distrust his all-sufficiency. The, uh, the cattle on a thousand hills will suffice for even our largest meal, and the granaries of heaven are not likely to be emptied when we eat. If Christ were only a cistern of water, we might quickly exhaust his fullness. But who can drain a fountain? Multitudes of souls have drawn from his supply, and not one of them has ever been able to honestly complain of the insufficiency of his resources. Away then with the lying traitor of unbelief. 
for his only purpose is to cut the bonds of fellowship with our Savior and then cause us to mourn the lack of his visible presence. As John Bunyan says in The Pilgrim's Progress, unbelief or giant despair, as he calls it, has as many lives as a cat. If that is true, may we kill one of the unbelief's lives now and continue working until the entire nine are dead. Down with you, unbelief, you traitor. My heart detests you. <laughs> That's good, right? <laughs> that is so good. It is. That is. I was trying to look up numbers real quick, and uh -huh. uh, I couldn't find a quick description of it. Come on, we have a lot of people watching. They should be able to tell us what it, it means. Yes, yeah, somebody. We're just pretending is, we don't know. <laughs> it is not, a, as I said, it's not a chapter I spent a lot of time in. Um, <sighs> yeah. So I can't remember like a general theme, but sheaves I do know is a bundle of wheat. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> a cart full of wheat. Wheat bundles. It's got to be heavy. Heavy bundles. Um, can I share what's what's is so amazing how God is, and we keep seeing this repeated and repeated, repeated, that we are often on the same radio channel. Uh, as we get closer to God, that we it's turned from a a, a um, you remember the old AM stations that used to be, you could hardly, you know, get them. And if you drove too far, you'd, you'd soon, it would be nothing but static. But we're now on FM, oh, like a very strong FM channel. Nice. Except for KFI. KFI can be heard across Western United States, but let's just ignore that for now. But um, it's so clear when it happens. It's nice. It's like, a, it's just like a, a perfect connection between uh, a, the podcast I did or the show I did on the Fearless Man podcast, where at the end, and I prayed, and I'd never do this either. I prayed before on the show at the very beginning. I said, you know, I never do this, but I, I, I need to pray because I want, I need God to give me the words because Amen. I, I had what I wanted to read, which was from this book called Temptation uh, that Jack Hibbs, you know, put out. It's just a really quick book. It, it came from, I believe, a sermon that he did, and he, he wrote a book out of it. Um, and so I knew what I was going to read, but what I had yesterday when I intended to do the show simply had changed today where I had, I had lost it. Oh. So I started the show knowing what I was going to read. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to pray. God, please give me the words nice. that will honor you in re in, in reflection of these paragraphs. And he did, he pulled through, he awesome. gave me words, he, he gave does. me, gave me a story. And then I also get, gave me, um, a, something to say towards the end, which was unrelated, which was to repent, ask for forgiveness. And then repent and then tell Jesus that you love him and that you want him in your life and to and to and to just really then take the action of what it is you're saying. First, you got to forgive and then you have to ask for repentance and you have to really tell Jesus that you want him in your life and you want him to dwell inside you. And then you have to do it like you have to live in that way or. He will simply say, you know, what? you've done this a hundred times in your 60 years, Andy. And, uh, you know, you just keep, you just keep treating me like, you know, like poop. <laughs> what is that? I was going to say something else. And, uh, and I shared Not with gonna it, take it anymore. I shared with the man, which, uh, you know, uh, women watch it too, but I shared with my audience that, you know, if you just keep doing it and you keep saying that you're, you're going to not do something or you're going to do something and you, and you don't, Jesus is fine. You know, God's just going to go, you know what? I, you're on your own. And then I read this, which is the same message from the same radio station. I love that. So amazing. Like almost, 
Oh, I was going to say word for word, but my words aren't as articulate and, and grand as, wow. as Charles Spurgeon. He was a good writer. <laughs> but very, very similar. But I just, I love that so much. And yes. it's, he's obviously trying to tell me something. It's not necessarily for the people that are listening, but he's, God is talking to me and saying, remember this. And I want you to, I want to, to, to drill this into you as you move forward with your faith with me. That you know you, you have this tendency of, of every so often going back to the old man, uh, but remember what you told me three years ago that you asked for my forgiveness and you repented and said that you wanted me in your life. Now act like it. You don't want to be a dog that goes back to his own vomit. <laughs> so Paul says, "We shall not. We are mature Christians. We do not <clears throat> repeat back." Or worse, because dogs eat other things. Yes. So how do you feel about this? <laughs> I it's it's uh Hello Iris. I'm a I'm new to Christ relatively still. Mm -hmm. So I haven't struggled with this, honestly. Ah. So it doesn't resonate as much to me. Um thank God. Thank God. I mean I always have to remember that Jesus is my first love and and not get uh, tied down with the uh, woes of everyday life, but um, I just haven't struggled with unbelief. Is it just unbelief or is it also, because I take it as this, because I, I believe I've never lost. No, you didn't always believe. No, but in the last three years, I don't, yeah. I, I don't, I've not had unbelief. Right. So I, I take it as, are you walking with him on a daily basis? Do you trust him with everything? That doesn't mean I don't believe, but I, I'm, I'm often trusting in myself, not in him. Like with, with things that happen, can happen throughout the day or a week or something like that, that I, that I still, I, I want to go back to the old man. It's not that I don't believe in God or the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of Jesus Christ. I'm not questioning that. It's just sometimes I, I decide to take stuff on my own. Oh, I can see that. And so I, I get the feeling for me, that's what it, I'm, I'm reminded of is oh, that, you know, stop good. doing that. If, if you believe in God, then believe in God. Right? Why, why do you continue to go back to this other place that, um, uh, that you, it's been proven not to be good? Yeah, I have a, I just, my walk is very different. Mm. I struggle with um, my, I beat up myself. Mm. It's, it's, I, he is always faithful and always sure. I feel like I can't live up to it. Mm. Yeah. So I, it's just, I don't know, I guess it's a diff, just a different way of looking at it. It's just always, um, uh, always feeling like I fall often feeling like I fall short, not always, but often. Wow. Hey, Kate, nice to see you too. We, uh, we definitely, we, we needed to come on tonight because we miss seeing some of you guys and Kate, uh, you're a name that hasn't popped up lately. So glad that you're on. Hope everything's okay. Iris, glad that you're here. Thank you for showing up. And I see other people on. And, and if you guys would just, if you can. Numbers. Take, Somebody give us some wisdom yeah, about book of numbers. <laughs> wisdom about numbers. <laughs> um, because, uh, yeah, we're going to have to definitely find out more about numbers when we get done with this. But um, uh, I, I do want to read what Jim had to say here, if that's okay. He's the, the gentleman who edited this version of Morning by Morning. 
Uh, Jim says, when Jesus returned to Nazareth during his ministry, we are told he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Imagine what those people missed because of their lack of faith. And they were the people who should have known him best because they were the people of his hometown. So what is the message in this for us who have a relationship with Christ? What have we missed due to our lack of faith? Only God himself knows. Therefore, we should heed the valuable advice of King Jehoshaphat. Here is what he told Israel just before God destroyed all their enemies. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. And the reason I, I kind of came back to that is that we also can see what's happened with churches mm. that have not followed yes. his word and their faith, trusting, trusting in God that not to We're close not their doors. Right. We're not all going to die from going to church. And that, that's the one thing. And what I think Jack and other pastors that we've listened to have brought up is that in all famines prior to this one, this all uh, pandemic, and, yes. all played a part in caring for people during famine. They were the one thing that didn't close and the one thing that was always available for either prayer or a helping hand or a resource for shelter, that the, they, were, they were the place that was always open. Why in this Scarlet one? Scarlet fever, bubonic plague. Yes. And all of those outbreaks, it was the church where people went uh, to get comfort. Right. Yeah. That we've seen... And I remember even when we reopened the church a couple months in, there was a wave of COVID that went through the church. Mm -hmm. Like everybody was getting it. And so it's not like thinking, oh, we're immune when none of us are going to get it. No, you get it and you get over it. <laughs> like it's, yeah. you know, whether we got it from sitting next to each other or we got it from the yeah. hamburger place, you know, like it doesn't matter. It wasn't. Uh, or you die. Or you die. And you go see, <laughs> and you go see Jesus. Yes. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Yes. If you're afraid of dying, dying you wouldn't leave your bed. Yes. Exactly. Because you couldn't get, that's a whole, my whole argument. They go, why are you getting in a car? If you're that afraid of dying, that you don't go out, why are you getting in a car? Right. Why, why, More people dying. Why, why are you accident. getting in a plane? Sure. Why are you doing all these other things that surely have cost people? I mean, you can't even take a shower. People die in the shower all the time. Um, if you're that afraid of dying, that fearful. Um, but yeah, we just saw churches like crazy just taking this other um, direction that is so not what the church is supposed to be. Yes. So grateful for our, our great church that we go to and a number of others. Um, how about if we get to the scripture here? No numbers? Oh, here we go. Oh. Uh, <laughs> is there a basic theme that you could share with us about the book of Numbers? I had explained that I didn't spend a lot of time in the book of Numbers, so I didn't have any like summation of what it was about or like what stage the Israelites were at in the book of Numbers. So if you had anything, uh, Kate, you wanted to share that's from that book. Oh, look at that. That <laughs> popped up right after that. Here we go. The name Numbers is a translation of Arithmoi from the Septuagint titled thus because the book contains many statistics, population. Oh, right. Oh, it has yes. the population counts, That's tribal right. and priestly figures, and other numerical data. The Hebrew comes from the first sentence of the book, which means in the desert of. It is perhaps an even more accurate description of the book content which follows the Israelites through almost 40 years of wandering the desert. Now I remember why I did not spend that much time in it, because it's a whole bunch of names and a whole mm. bunch of 
stats. Stats, yeah. Which you think is not relevant, but the fact that God gives them, I had one teacher who explained it this way, where she said, later, when we talk about the end times and the 100,000 um, Israelites or Jews that are saved, uh, that information from those statistics and those that genealogy will be very relevant to the people who have priestly command in the in the new Jerusalem. Oh. And so nothing in God's economy is wasted. There's no reason he, he wouldn't put it there for no reason. And so it becomes relevant again in the end times. Great. Thank you, Kate. Yeah, thanks, Kate. Good reminder. And it, it suddenly comes back to me. Yes. <laughs> it makes total sense why I don't know that much about it, because it involves numbers. And I am not a person that deals with numbers very well. As a police officer, um, you know, you have all these different jobs and things you can take on and request and be a part of it. Traffic was never one of those things because it involved measurement when crashes. Yeah. And speed and distances. And no. Uh, there was guys, eyes glaze over. I always told traffic guys, I love you guys. You guys, please show up to all my calls that involve traffic because <laughs> I can't stand it. Um, let's get to the scripture, which uh, is Amos. Amos 2.13. Wow, another book that I'm not that. <laughs> Behold, I am pressed under you as a cart is pressed that is full of sheaves. Hmm. What is another trend? Do all the um, translations use sheaves? Uh, well, that's King James, so that's going to be the most um, old-fashioned old kind. So try the NASB. Yeah, let's see what that one says. Behold, I am making a rut in the ground beneath you, just as a wagon makes a rut when filled with sheaves. I don't know if that's any more comprehensive no. to me. <laughs> Talking about ruts. Yes. Not quite sure what a rut is, unless he means well, like a, it, to be in a rut. You know, like on the road, like in, on Imperial Highway. Have you seen uh -huh. the ruts that the trucks that drive on Imperial Highway before they turn up north on Valencia? How they they've made ruts in the road. Like oh the, okay, they pressed down and made little divots. Okay, yeah, this one's better. Now then, I will crush you as a cart crushes when loaded with grain. That's uh, the NIV. Thank you, NIV. Yes, it's the only time I agree with a translation. It changes his words. Right? Yes. Psalm 50, 10. For every animal of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. It's all God's. Yeah. That's just in that reference that he makes that, uh, you know, there's enough cattle on those hills to feed enough enough people. You'll never hunger. I mean, do you ever think about that, too? Like, all the beef we eat all over the world? Like, how are there enough cows to continue to constantly make this meat? Well, not if they continue to keep dying like they're dying. Right. Whatever Martians are coming down and killing them, whatever that is that Tucker's been talking about. Oh, God. It's so weird. <laughs> that was really weird. <laughs> or or the, the, the insides are just like damaged. Yeah, you guys, that's a really weird thing. <laughs> he, he, he did a whole documentary on the mutilization of cows all over the uh, world or country. It's very bizarre. Oh. They gut them and their eyeballs are gone and their intestines and the skin's left there. Very strange. Maybe it's some kind of <laughs> witchcraft. Impossibly. You know what? So Christianity, I mean, true being a Christian, being a, uh, you oh. know, a, God, a follower of Christ is kind of like being a cop in many ways or a fireman or an FBI contractor where we talk about the strangest things and find hilarity in them. Like <laughs> death, death, I mean, just I, listen, well, it's lots of fun. Yeah. Every day's a new adventure. 
You never know what you're going to get. We went to our friend's home church last night. Awesome. Yes. It was completely different than every other night we've ever been there. Yep. I had uh, somebody that um, works in the gift of prophecy, a prophetic gift, and told me things about myself. There's no way he would have known. Not even our host, my very good friend, knows about me. Uh, and it was it was just amazing. And the, the power of that, of that, of that gift is you believe that <clears throat> the Lord is sending you a message because when he tells you something, your deepest, darkest sensitivities to your relationship with Christ. Now he's, he's not one of those weirdos that talks about, you know, you're going to be rich and you need to change your job and your spouse is cheating on you with the, with the wacky new agey stuff. The, prof the true prophetic gift leads you to Jesus and basically helps you in your walk. And so by telling me, it's it's like listening to the audible voice that God's saying, I hear you, I see you. I know what you're going through. And don't worry, I love you. You know? Two things. The one way, the way he was talking to you was as, as if he was one of your very close friends who just knew you. He, it wasn't like he was trying to make you have a response of, wow, how did right. you know this? There was nothing that I got the feeling like he that. He was trying he, to comfort me he, as he, if it he was a He friend. was given knowledge and simply talking to you the way that that somebody who knew you would talk to you. Right. Like, hey, Mariana, can you come here and, and hold her back? And, you know, she's, her back is, I know. Lower back. Her lower back is causing her discomfort. We want to pray over that. Um, and then he would share with you other things that were going on in your life is that I know that you're struggling with this. Let's pray over that. Yes. But it wasn't as if he was trying to to like read your mind or some no. spiritualist type of action. It was no. completely different. It, it was so um, innocuous. Is that a word? That's yeah. right. So innocuous that I thought that she, he just knew from Mariama. Mariama had told him. And so I didn't even think anything about it. And I thought that until today when then I said to Hedia, I said, well, Mariama just must have told him because he know, knew so much about you. So they, they must have, he must have had his conversation. And you said? Uh, no, she didn't even know he was going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know him. So she know. never met him. <laughs> yeah, she met him one, but one day. And nobody two. else there knows you like Mariama. No. And Mariama no. doesn't know the things that he said. No. Even. No. Wow. So the whole 12 hours, I thought, that's ah, because it, it was cool, folks. I got to tell you, I encourage you to venture out, meet new Christians that are working in the gifts and yeah. um, come to Mariana's. Yeah. Experience God in a whole new way. That's why he's expanding um, our repertoire and our experiences so that we understand the scope and breadth of the body. Yeah, I think it's really important to understand what gifts that the Lord, when he talks about these gifts in Ephesians and Corinthians, he means it. These are gifts of the church. This isn't things he gave to Paul and it was done. These are the things that should be in power in our in our lives, should be operating in our lives. You know, and again, I have to come back to our message tonight at your Belinda Friends Church that we went to tonight, too. It sounds like we've been really busy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we went to service tonight over at your Belinda Friends Church, and we had a guest speaker, and I can't remember his name. But um, he goes to our church, but he also is a uh, professor over at Biola College. And he spoke tonight. And the story of Jesus in the in the home, uh, of, uh, whose home was he in? I don't think we know that. Yeah. So he's in somebody's home and he's, he's preaching. And then, of course, they, they 
the four there's guys. a big there's a big crowd around so the four guys um lowering their friend to the take roof. a friend who is a paralytic 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 paraplegic paraplegic <laughs> and uh they can't get him through the door because it's blocked by people and they said well we're gonna lower him through the through the roof and so they climbed the roof and they they lowered him down so not to go through all the things he did but the the end portion of what this gentleman who was speaking today at the church said is that he said that your sins are forgiven jesus to the man and that's spectacular all on its own but those are just words and you can just say words it doesn't necessarily mean that that jesus was the son of god however he said get your your pick up your mat pick your, your mat and walk and the guy picked up his mat and walked now that <laughs> is proof to what he said was true yeah. That that's that was that was like the thing that said. Now, just saying that's one thing, but sh that the guy standing up and grabbing his mat and walking out was the the connection with God that he could show that he was the Son of God. And so now I come to this event last night again. It's another one of those times where it's one thing to be prayed over. It's one thing to to have a, a, a you know a just a spiritual feeling and in, in a friend of ours home church and that kind of stuff. But when God shows up and does something like that proof that <laughs> god exists and jesus is working in that room yeah and not and again in a showy way it wasn't meant to be a show right that's what i want to uh kate has a really good point where mm -hmm. she says um turn on the screen a uh, prophecy needs to be tested against god's word amen many lives have been ruined through prophecy your heart needs to agree first and you need to know who they are yes so my point is I am very weary of them because mm -hmm. I dabbled a little in new age stuff. My family was into tarot cards. And so I run from that stuff like nobody's business. I can't, I'm not a fan of the ones that come online and say, this is going to be the next president and this is what's going to happen. And we're going to have drought next year. And I, it's just not my cup of tea. And so when they said he operated in the prophetic, I was like, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not quite sure what that's going to mean, but he went through a very elaborate explanation and he is, um, from a very uh, well-known family. Um, they've been believers for 40 plus years. He's been teaching for many, many, many years at the Vineyard Church. And uh, he made the point of saying that the use of the prophetic gift on fellow believers is one, you better be, you better be sure you have it. Uh, you, you, and you better, when you're talking in uh as a as an intermediary or like as a deliverer of news from uh the lord you better be right um right because if the, anybody who gives a false prophecy is considered a false teacher but also it should be pointing the believer to jesus it should be about jesus and their walk and their relationship with the lord it should not be about other stuff that has to do with the world so that's what um that's what I was very impressed by is that he stayed very, very true to that doctrine. Mm -hmm. And even when we talked to him afterwards, again, I did not know that that was, that he just showed up. <laughs> uh, but, a, but a, a good, a good guy, right? a yes. good man that we shared a, a few very words. long history. Yeah. A long history of, 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 of you know, planting churches and, and being uh, involved in home churches and uh, discipling and and uh, prophesying just but very you could you could connect to him yes uh, and and feel comfortable around him he wasn't uh, 
creepy creepy or showy or anything like that like it was <laughs> it was really i mean again i i, I left there thinking well then he, he just heard he just knew the idea from you know from what he's been told and uh it turns out that that's not true but um so crazy but i gotta go back to the explanation that the gentleman at the urban friends had and i think that that again is one of those things that you have to look at and say all right that's god showing showing up and, and showing his power and wants us to see it and you can miss it right I, I i think even with our friend lisa we were talking uh tonight about some stuff that made me think i can't remember if we spoke it out loud or not but um when you have this relationship with god and it gets stronger and you begin to like it's almost like a you know two people that are married you can you can really finish people's sentences you know when they're in a good mood when they're in a bad mood i mean you know more about them uh and you you can see what's happening and you can kind of project where maybe the day's going to go and that kind of stuff because of that relationship and same thing with your relationship with god you you get you can now see his presence you can see him moving you can see the evidence of his greatness now because of the relationship it's always been there <laughs> he's always been amazing he's always been he's always been god omnipotent he's always been these things it's just because of our blindness because of us living in our flesh we just don't see it because we're we're too tied up in ourselves but in that relationship with him then it, it now the the thing that's always been there is now something that we can see that we weren't able to 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 see, feel, touch, hear before Absolutely. Uh, because of that relationship that we didn't have with him. Was well said. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not sure if you've ever said that before. <laughs> no, you didn't. You have. Is my shirt, my shirt's supposed to be green. How come it's not? Oh, that's the problem. Oh. Never wear green when you have a green screen. <laughs> oh, I was looking at my shirt. My shirt was like, oh, this looks really odd. But um, Almost ghost-like because yeah. the edges are not showing up. <laughs> I violated one of the uh, rule uh, 101 of, uh, of broadcasting with a green screen. Don't wear green. This My shirt is green, so that's why you can see that it's weird looking. Um, anything else? Anything else about what did what'd you think about the message tonight from the gentleman that was, I wish I could remember his name. Uh, he was a, a Christian apologetic, uh, apologetics. He's mm. a, a expert in that. And I, I th he gave a very simple explanation uh, for scripture, I thought it was really nice. It yeah. was interesting. I'm not so into the comedic approach to things, as you know. <laughs> My sense of humor is somewhat lacking, but he was funny. It was cute. <laughs> you can see that he talks to children a lot. Oh, yeah. Because he talks to a lot of, you know, college kids and high schoolers, and he goes around the country um, teaching about the reality that the Bible is real and that Jesus lived. And uh, so I always love that. Yeah. I always love getting extra nuggets of proof. What's the basis? Sorry for this question. Uh, it, what, what's the basis for the the Baal story uh, of uh, Isaiah? No, Elijah. Elijah. Oh, I always get those two messed up. Elijah and the the people that were worshiping a false god. What what in that in that story is it that they they were trying to show that their god had no power? Well, why, God. Did, uh, why did Elijah do it? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, see, because remember, the worst thing about his Baal was a leader of the Israelites. Mm -hmm. And he was leading them to these false gods right. and these false prophets. So Elijah just simply said, listen, 
you know, if you're going to follow Baal, follow Baal. If you want to follow God, the God of Abraham, then follow God of Abraham. So let's decide. We're going to decide this today because the one who shows up in power is the real God. Yeah. And, you know, he doused his uh, sacrifice in water, went, prayed to God and poof. And what, what proof else do you need yeah. after that? Right. You just, yeah, because they were just doing their monkey dance and nothing <laughs> happening and they were screaming and they were ripping their clothes. Like this story is very elaborate yeah. and nothing, it would, nothing happened. <laughs> and so he's like, your, your God is fake, <laughs> you know, so let's be done with this. And then the net, and then that next to the story of Jesus healing him, it was Jesus himself saying, I have the power to heal and I'm going to, sh- and I'm going to show you that I then have the power to say- to forgive sins. Hmm. Cause that's a big one. And, and Christian apologetics uh, lays emphasis on this, that no prophet other than Christ claimed to be able to forgive sins. None of them claim to be God. Right. And so the proof of his miracles and what he did, uh, in other words, you, like we always, like we often say, quoting to the the apologist, where you either have to believe that Jesus was a liar, or he was crazy, or he was the son of God, but you can't have anything in between because of the things he said and things that are recorded about what happened. And what I love that he called my attention to, which I don't remember, I had, I do not mention directly, which is really important when I speak to Muslims. I always emphasize that you're missing the piece of the cross. You believe in all of the miraculous qualities mm. of Christ, but you don't believe in the cross. But we also have evidentiary proof of the of his reappearance at the resurrection. So not only was he resurrected, but people, over 500 people saw him, and mm. that's recorded. So we have historical data that people saw him after the crucifixion. So mm. it's not just that he was crucified and came back to life, but that there's a whole legacy of data of what he did during those 40 days. Yeah, that's documented. That's awesome. All right. Oh, did, yeah, we already read the scripture. Yes. All right. Anything else, my love? I think that's it. It's getting late. We're past 10 o'clock. Yeah. Past, uh, I was going to say Kate's bedtime, but it's like... No, Kate's it's in the middle, middle of our day. Middle of the day. It looks like we're in the middle of our day, too, but we're not. It's nighttime. I wonder what okay. city that is. Hello, here goes the squirrel. <laughs> All right, but I think you should probably tell everybody about this amazing app that they can use to listen to our podcast. Yes, it is the Edify app. It is part of the Christian Podcast Network, and we are very honored to be members. We would love it if you would download the app, edifi.app, edifi.app. E-D-I-F-I dot A-P-P, Edify. Uh, download it and subscribe. We'd be truly blessed by that. So think, thank you. I think we should write a song, yeah, like a jingle, and you can a sing jingle. it. E-D-I-F-I dot A-P-P. Yes. <laughs> thank you All for right. joining us, everyone. Love Have you guys. a wonderful rest of your day or night. God bless. God bless. Take care.